Welcome to the Edinburgh City Supporters Club podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the very unofficial Edinburgh City Supporters Club podcast. As ever, I am your host, the Right Reverend Bobby Love. And as always, I am joined by Citizen Neil and Mr Rooney. How are we? Good. Uh, I'm very good. Looks like you've got a bit of the sun there, big man. <laughs> I have, yeah. The tan lines are in full swing. Sunburn is unbelievable if you're watching a video. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, it's like I've, I've, I've struggled to go in the shower this week, so it's <laughs> sore, that bad. So, hey-ho. Such is um, you've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it. I probably should have a shave, though, because the sooner I do it, the better, because I'm going to end up with really, really bad tan lines on the face as well, so and it's getting a bit hot for the beer. Well, as me as obviously another beard wearer, I'll thoroughly disagree with that. Right, uh, and of course, <laughs> the man who loves a moan, it's Mr Monks himself. How are you doing? Aye, not bad at all, not bad at all. Um, very enjoying the sunshine myself today, So, um, but the fact of 50 on with my complexion, so nice sunburn here. <laughs> uh, being be my usual Dracula self, um, I've been trying to avoid the sun as best I can. So it's been kind of fortunate that I've been doing quite a lot of reading for uni. So that gives me an excuse not to go in the sun and, uh, well, instantly melt as soon as I leave the house. <laughs> so we've done not too bad there. Um, in terms of the podcast today, citizens, um, well, it's pretty much our end of season review. Uh, and we're also going to announce the Supporters Club Player of the Year, uh, which will come nearer the end. Uh, but we can give you a quick exclusive right now. It's not going to be Danny Handling. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> maybe next year. You were really close last year. You should have maybe uh, said spoilers in case anybody didn't want to hear that bit. Well, you know, he can't work it out for himself. He's been getting us enough jip on Twitter about it. <laughs> well, he has, I know, I know. We, know, we, should so, have, we could maybe run a poll to see how many times Danny's moaned this season on our Twitter account. That's, that's a good point, actually, because he really does like a win, Jay. I know, I know. Aye. Anyway, that's fine. Anyway, anyway, unfortunately, he's, not, he's just not going to make the cut. Um, if I was being nice, I'd just say it's because we want to present it to him in person, so we're going to hold off until next season and then give him it next season. But but you're not going to say that? No. no. <laughs> anyway, um, first up, we will review the Dumbarton playoff final. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a, bit of a sad ending to the season, but essentially it was a, probably about what, 25, 30 minutes of the second half in the first leg that really killed us off. Mm-hmm. Um, picked the worst time of the season to have our worst half of the season uh, we all watched it together down the pub um, uh, celebrating in the boozer and nearly falling down the cellar door uh, as well as butting myself off the back shelf and hurt my back <coughs> which I kept quiet at the time um, <laughs> Ali, your opinion on the game? Yeah, I think it was I think it's one we'll look, we'll look back on as we could really have had a better chance to, to go into to League One, you know, playing against a team that's confidence was was on the floor. They'd only scored 15 goals all season. You, you know, didn't look, you know, got past an arm, which fair enough, but a team that was looked like they were on a on a downward spiral. We were on unreasonable enough form. And you know, one 0 up at half time. The first half in the first leg was quite even. Um I, I thought we were too cautious, to be honest with you. But that second half, we were just and first, the button looked absolutely brilliant. They looked, they looked, they looked, we looked, we got totally outclassed, to be honest with you, which I don't think anybody saw coming. We all thought it might be a, a tight game, but I thought we, we looked like 
a team that was significant. It looked like there was a big gap between League Two and League One, certainly in that second half. And uh, Three One didn't flatter them at all. Like you know, we got what we deserved out of that, and the game was over at, at, at full time at Ainsley Park. I know we, I know we won the game and and kind of stayed in it to an extent through the West Coast, but you know, it, the damage was was very much done in that in that first leg, and it was. I'm loath to criticise Naismith because, and I, I probably will absolve Naismith of a lot of the blame because um, he he's hardly had any time with the players on the training pitch, and we all know that he's had more games and training sessions, you know, which is just the nature of how the season's ended. But and do you like to think that if you know if he'd had time with the players to set them up and talk with to, to, to work on things a bit more? You know, Dumbarton were a team with two threats, which was from set pieces and from Ross Forbes cutting in from the right and his left-hand side. And we gave away dozens and dozens of stupid free kicks around, you know, out in wide areas for Forbes to deliver the ball in. And we just seemed to guide him in on his left foot every single time. I almost think that if we'd been there, you know, when you think you can have an influence in a game, I almost think that the three of us screaming stop him fucking cutting inside in his left foot might have just you know it, it almost felt like it almost felt like that we all started watching it in the pub um, you know Ross Forbes I don't think he's had a pretty great season for Dumbarton by all accounts he's had a lot of stick from their fans but it's one of the best performances I've seen from an away player since we've come into the since we've come into the league to be quite honest with you um, they, they you know they very much deserved it I think we were all a bit stunned at, at, the, at full time in the, the first leg you know we just I don't think anybody could quite could quite believe it and then, you know, we went to the button, the conditions were horrendous. We played well, we did what we needed to do, we got 1-0 up. And then, you know, I, I think it was clear from what Naismith had said pre-game and things that they wanted to just to, to get the first goal whenever that was, keep things tight, not do anything stupid. And we did get the first goal, and then our left-back got sent off a diving. And uh, I think, I don't know whether it changed the game hugely, but I think it probably stopped us pushing on and... and and just doing that a little bit more. It just, like, it didn't mean Dumbarton came out or anything like that. It didn't mean that, that we stopped having most of the ball. But we barely created any chances. You know, I, I presume the plan was to get that first goal and then really kick on after, like, 70 minutes or something like that, 60 minutes, 70 minutes. Or was it four minutes after the goal that, 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 that Liam was set up for diving? Fortunately, you know, a wonderful player, player for us, Liam Henderson, and the last <laughs> dozen of cities shut this game. I don't think it was a dive, by the way. I, I don't at all. I think he was. I think he. I don't think it was a penalty either. But it's just because it's a. Um, it's not a penalty. It doesn't mean it's a dive. I really think he got stuck in between two players and, and went down, and that was it. Don't think he was looking for it. Um, I thought we should have had a penalty. You know, a little bit after that, but I, I'm not going to particularly worry about that because I think we brought that on ourselves. We we're far too passive in the first leg, and we let Dumbarton do the things, the only things that they could do to beat us. We let them do it. So we've only got ourselves to blame. Like I said, when you look at I know we're not going to talk about next season too much because we'll have a we'll have a proper uh, a proper preview pod in a few weeks' time. But when you look at the league next season, you know, Kelly look like they're going to win it. You know, Kelly has spent a huge amount of money. They look very strong. The rest of the league looks stronger again, you know, from what it did, from what it did this year. We could not have asked for a, a better chance to get into League One. And we threw away ourselves entirely our fault. Really, really so. Yeah, hugely disappointing. Horrible way to end the season. The only positive was it was great to sit and watch a game in the pub. It's been a long time since since I've done it. Certainly, so it was, it was great to sit. You know, it was, it, we all had a good we all had a good laugh. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was nice to, to be able to do that again. And actually, you know what? It was nice after a crap game of football. And this is something that I think I've certainly missed to just have a moan about it with people. You know, right. just just in the last season, all you do is just switch off your laptop and be like, that's shit. And you'd be in a mood for the next year. Like, at least the natural thing to do when you've been to watch a crap game of football is just sit down a couple of pints and moan about it. That's how the world's worked ever since football's been a, been a thing. And that's that's the only kind of tonic for that type of that type of thing. So at least we had that. Because if I'd had to watch that on my laptop and just switch up, you'd be sitting stewing on it all night and the next day. And uh, So the pub was the highlight. The football was absolutely crap. <laughs> uh, Rooney, how'd you follow that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can follow that. Most of the football... I've watched the highlights several times. The first half, they were pretty good. The second half, you expected Dumbarton to come out of it. Like Alan said, you like we probably would have been screaming at whoever was playing rather playing left back to go. He's only got one foot. Push him right. Did he push him left? But there's an and this is probably been trying to be really objective. But I can see it from Ali's point of view. You know, can understand Naismith's not really had a lot of time with the guys. But surely they're putting names up on the board. We knew three or four of their Dumbarton players straight away. We're just looking at the team sheet. Well, as the example, as in the last pod, Ali pointed out Ryan McGeever as a danger man at set pieces. Yeah. And what happened? He scored for a set piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's just for yeah. us watching highlights and being told by our guy. So you're probably right in the fact that had to have had a board saying, uh, you, watch this guy, watch this guy, watch this guy. I mean, Wedderburn played in the middle of the park. was clearly told to sit on Liam Brown. And done his job. Obviously, he's about four times the size of the guy, but you know what I mean? He just bullied him. And then the boy Forbes has been at Motherwell as a young star. Had a, his career just went down a wee bit, but clearly a talented young guy and a sweet left foot. And he just had the freedom to drift in all the time. Yeah, yeah. He never stopped that. How they, like, like I'm not sure what we're saying, but how the guys or nobody spotted to go. You know, didn't get me wrong, he might have been a yard quicker and maybe looking on the telly, you're going, what, he, he's maybe a yard quicker up here and yeah. the guys were away, you know, I don't want to sound too critical, but he just seemed to have the freedom in the second half, more than anything, or that half an hour, and it just shot us. And for me, as much as Liam has done really, really well and been a really, really good servant, and and Lee looks really good, we miss, uh, uh, I'm going to say it, we, we miss a command in centre-half. We miss a big guy to go and just empty everything out, regardless of whether they can put the ball in the deck or no. You can put somebody beside them. Do you know, like, we go back to Scullion was probably the last guy we had that done it. Craig beat you to a degree. You know, like... What, what you're really saying here is we miss our kind of Joe Mabu. Well, I didn't yeah. want to go that far back. But we do. We miss a command in centre-half. And it doesn't have to be Beckenbauer. As long as you can pass the ball five yards and get to somebody, you know what I mean? They can take the ball off him. Balotone done it to a degree, but you miss a big guy to just go, bang, I'm taking control here. And it's maybe my school of defending and watching, watching City as long as I have and being blessed to watching excellent centre-hearts, uh, heart centre-halves with Webster and all these guys and Presley. You know what I mean? The guys that went to play international level. But we miss a guy like that that really just, I'm not going to say the guys aren't commanding me, you know, they're probably very, very vocal on the pitch. But to have a big presence in there makes up. Even like the boy Wedderburn, if we had somebody in front of the back four doing that, you know, that, that would be huge. He's really, 
he's oh that's a preview one, but he's went to Stenhouse Muir. You're like, come on, bite your hand off and take him. But aye, the first one was the, that thirty minutes, thirty five minutes as Alex says, and then you play the second game, and I know Liam gets sent off, and but, but even by getting the sent off, we still looked like we could score. We just missed that extra man. You know what I mean? It was like. We're down to bare bones now, guys. Everybody's going to have to dig deep, and the guys did, but we were just missing that extra body because I think we would have probably got our second goal with having that extra body in the middle of the park. But... I, I think so because I think I think Naismith was probably right in his his review after the game. He says even after ten men, we were still probably the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half of the first leg, we were certainly the better team. Um, as we said, obviously that half hour kind of killed us. Um, but I mean, there, there was. I know you're not maybe know what to say. Like we've not had enough training sessions and all that kind of stuff. But we were screaming in the pub, saying we need to get Brown off of Wedderburn in the first half because they pretty much had them tucked him away. And then in the second half, we were like, we need to have somebody extra on Ross Forbes and have somebody like Josh Campbell tracking back to help out Rab because he's getting left two on one constantly. And then what happened about ten minutes later, he got left two on one, cut in, and they scored a second goal. So yeah, you miss Callum. You miss you miss him in. For the last couple of years, you miss Callum playing behind them and Rab playing in front, or vice versa. You know, you miss a few of them on that flank. I mean, you look at, as you say, we can't even be overly critical because we're probably having two or three training sessions at most. But the best Danny Jardin and his infamous twin that's now playing for us, like, he's been brilliant in the middle of the park. Yep. And in that first game, he looked like he was playing wide right. Uh, yeah, I don't get that either. Do you know what I mean? Now, if he's wanting to protect somebody, The danger man for me was on the left, but then again, he's probably protected Thompson because the other boy playing on the left wing, you know, got past him a few times. But yeah. he's, he's played exceptionally well in the middle. I mean, you look at the second game, he played really well in the middle with Blackie. He's had Josh, Danny, another playing up front or playing off a striker. Josh at his best playing off the striker and playing Danny off the right. It just, it just seemed weird. There'll be a reason, there'll be a tactical reason, but for us mere mortal fans, it just seemed weird to go, you're getting a tune out of this guy, playing him into the middle of the park, and we're going to have to play him. But then again, it maybe comes down to lack of bodies, lack of fitness for some guys, and maybe lack of bodies that the manager isn't happy with or wanting to use to a degree. You know what I mean? So he's come in, he's obviously not got a window. We'll go to next one in the next podcast but he's not got a window so he's got guys and he's assessing these guys really quick and going I can trust you I like you but I don't like you you know what I mean you're not going to put a guy in really if you don't really want them or use them Aye um, well there was we'll, get that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that the next session probably yeah. um, which probably a nice segue for what, what we'll be to say that the game the, the first game in particular was calling out for a Matt Laird you know, just someone to have their ball in the middle of the park, just calm it doing that wee bit of experience to maybe talk guys through games or just that kind of leadership that Lairdy had a tendency to show without ever really being massively vocal on the pitch. But you knew what he did by where he was positioned, that that's where he really should have been. Yeah. Um, so we kind of missed that. I thought Blackie kind of got exposed a little bit too much in the middle. It's almost like you were asking him to play three set midfield positions on his own. Uh-huh. Um until the second leg, we ended up having more people next to him and everything looked a lot better. But as you say, there'll be a tactical reason for it. He never really got into the tactics. So 
we'll just leave it as it was a disappointing end. Um, but in terms of our season review, which we can move on to now, considering where we were before Naismith came in, five points outside the playoffs. To be honest, I think we were all quite pessimistic about even getting into the playoffs until the manager change. Um, and that's no slight on James. I don't necessarily mean it like that. It's just we were looking a bit bereft at times. Um, I think on the back of that, there's good signs. How do you put it? There's good signs for optimism. Aye. Do you know what I mean? He's come in and got a tune to these guys where he's hardly worked with them. You know, they, they look a, a majority of them look a very, very fit bunch anyway. And he's yeah. got a tune out of them, you know. So, yeah, we could we could probably merge our two pods into one. Let's not, but yeah. Well, 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 in terms of season, we'll keep it just a season review. I mean, and what's going to happen so far with ins and outs, because we might as well comment on them, seeing that have happened. Um, I think as the season progressed, I mean, at times, beginning part of the season before the shutdown, well, the, main, the, the next shutdown, one game we looked amazing, next game we looked like we'd never seen a football before. Yeah. Um, and then we had the change, we had the shutdown, then the change came in, which took everybody by surprise, I think, including the players, judging by how some of them were reacting. Um, a lot of them seem to have got a, like, a foot up the arse, is probably a bit easiest way to say it. Some people totally changed their form. I mean, obviously, Danny Jardin's form changed by simply just changing them into the middle. Um, who else played pretty well? Obviously, Carl Mantel had been pretty, playing pretty well, I think. Um, Brown, Danny Handlin, as we said previously, he, he was looking a lot more responsible at both ends of the pitch. Mm. So, I mean, there was positive signs, I think, for, for Gary coming in and what he's done, uh, him, and, him and Grant Murray and what they've done so far, considering they've had next to no time. I think there was some comment at the moment about three or four training sessions or something together, which, because we played, what, 18, what was it, 18 games in 60-odd games or 60-odd days? Mm. Something yeah. ridiculous like that. Um, so, even that, just credit to the guys for managing to keep it going, digging in. I mean, we obviously had quite a lot of injuries, even with some of the lone guys that brought, that brought in, like Jordan Tapping got injured, who was looking immense, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, but disappointed he went extending instead of us. Um, but, I mean, huge credit to the boys um, digging in for all that time. The amount of impact that would have had on them. I mean, these guys are working during the day and then having to play two games a week. In some cases, three games a week. Uh, just a phenomenal effort, really, yeah. Really. Yeah, totally agree. Aye, I mean, we, we spoke about that. We spoke to Rab on a podcast. It was like, the guys are doing a full-time job, eh? But some, like... I know Ali and I are technically in a 35-hour week, but, you know, that's not... Guys do 40, 50-hour weeks, you know, and you're having to do what you do. It's ah, fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're, sitting, we're obviously all disappointed. Never at the club and the players, never really disappointed. We're promoted, but come a long way in a very, very short period. So, hope for op- optimistic. Yep, Ali? Yeah, I think that... The start of the season, we were we were showing. I was just looking back at the, the results. We were we were so inconsistent under under McDonough. You know, I think we'd so we, we beat Breakin five one away, and then next game we got beat at home by by Cowden Beath. We about ten ten men Cowden Beath. You know, we went and we beat Airdrie away in the in the cup, and then we lost to to Stranraer at home, and, and just just games like that. It's just like it just we just didn't seem. And I think the players probably did need. I think the players probably did need a, 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 a new face and just a different message. I think I think it changed. You know, McDonald's been in charge for 
had been in charge for a while. The core of the team had remained the same for a while. And it's obviously the same messages that are going through. And eventually, those messages do lose their impact. That happens all the That just happens. You know, in at the kind of elite end of the game, they talk about cycles for, for teams and in relation to people like Guardiola and all that kind of stuff. The same applies in terms of cycles for players because all they're talking about is, is messages getting across and how long teams stay together for. So I think it was, for all it was a weird time and nobody really expected it, I think it was, it, 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 was, it worked it well and it meant obviously we had that, that really strong run. The, the impact of Mason came in was incredible. There was more random chance and luck in this season than there will be in the other season just because of the schedule that we've talked about. But when you look at Queen's Park, when you look at what Queen's Park produced, how solid they were, um, you know how comfortably they won the division. Really, second place was all we were ever going to, all we were ever going to get, um, and obviously just obviously hugely disappointed to to to, to not get through as, as we've said. But I think there was enough for me from from Naismith to say that there is real optimism for next season, taking aside squad building and all that, that kind of thing. I don't know who else is in the league and who else anyone's bought. I think there was enough from Naismith to hear him. He's such a positive manager. I think he's a more attacking manager than McDonough as well. I think that's his, his natural sense. We've all watched him as a player and him, Naismith as a player was... And, you know, when you think of when Naismith played, you know, it wasn't really the fashion as such to be an attacking left no. back. Not to the extent it is these days anyway. I mean, when he started at Hearts, I don't know, you guys will know better than me, but 18, 17, 18, 19, whenever he came in, he was just up and down the left flank the whole time. That was his that was his game. And I think he's brought that similar thing into to being a manager and that he wants his teams to be on the front foot and to be aggressive. But I think McDonough was a bit more, maybe a bit more reactive to, to games, which I think is why I was disappointed in the Dumbarton game that we went more proactive and I, I think he went against his natural instincts there, if, I, if I'm honest with you. Um, and then guys, I know these five fans still consider Naismith to essentially be a miracle worker when you've got them out that out, out League Two when he did there. They were in a real mess when he took over the whole club. So he's in a much better situation now. But it's been a really weird season. I hate not being there football without being at the ground. It's been nice to be able to watch games on streams, games you wouldn't get to normally, you know, some of the away games and, and stuff. That is it's yeah. good. And I hope I actually hope that stays to some to some extent. I'm not sure how that how that will work, but I think there is I would hate to lose that entirely, to be honest with you. Um but I was um but yeah, just a bizarrely considering how much has happened, it almost feels like it's a forgettable season. And I think it's just because we've not been there. Like I said, I've I've really struggled watching games on not just us. I mean, these are the only games I've actually been interested in. I've, I've barely watched any other football at all this year. And I think it's just because I found it a really odd spectacle, yep. to be honest with you, without the fans there. So, so uh, a strange a strange season overall. But you know what? This, apart from disappointment, I think there is optimism there for, for next year. I really do. Hi. Um, in terms of fans not being there, obviously I was at a few games doing official tweets and that. It is absolutely rotten having the fans. Like, I mean, but the thing is, we spoke about Rab as well, and even Rab was saying like it's just weird. Yeah. You know, there's like it just doesn't feel right. You know, can you're, you're playing a game and it's sometimes hard to maybe get yourself motivated, or you maybe have that person. Um, I spoke about with Danny then. I'm in a, in a different pod. <laughs> but it was like you have that person who would give you those. Uh, a set of words of encouragement, shall we say? Um, so it's I, it's a bit rubbish. I mean, I've been back to the speedway the last two weeks on a Friday, then Ramonox, 
they've been pretty much as full as they can under the, the level one restrictions as are on West Lothian. It was level two last week, I guess. But so they get up to a maximum of 500 people, and it just makes a massive difference actually being at a sporting event with fans and having noise and things just back to, well, it's not obviously back to normal, but having a degree of normality like it used to be, you know, I mean, it's been a long, long road. We're hopefully near the end of it with the vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully in time for the next season. <laughs> At some point, anyway. Um, we might not be able to get to go to away games, but that might be for, like, for, a, for a little while yet, but certainly for home games, hopefully. It's just uh, it's just been a funny season, and I'm the same as you. I I, I wasn't the only football I watched was City, but that's partly because I can't I don't really like watching any other football anymore. <laughs> I've, I, I watched some League One and League Two games in, in England, some so I've got sympathies with Switch and Carly. I like watching them, but otherwise, it was just, I just find it I find it dire. Um, anyway, right, might as well go for it. We've had some players departing. Um, off the top of my head, I think some. Um, Andy Black, which is obviously a okay. great deal of heartache to me, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> which we'll get back to shortly, uh, and not just because me and Rooney sponsored him, there's other reasons. Uh, Matt Laird, another one that's kind of pulled in the heartstrings. Uh, Calamanto, uh, I think we've all grown quite fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, who else left? Alex Harris left. Um, Craig Thompson left. Sam Newman left, which was actually quite disappointing, Alex. I thought we should have had at least another year at Sam. Um, Liam Henderson. Liam Henderson's obviously departing to Abroth, which is fair enough. He's going to a team a couple of divisions higher. Uh, And certainly for the press release, it it seemed it wasn't like a monetary decision either. It was just simply higher up the leagues. We obviously lost Liam Brown to Queen's Park for a fee, Um, the first fee that Queen's Park ever paid in their history. So that will give you uh, a mark of where they think he is as a player. Um, as the, first, the first recorded fee um, suggests there's maybe some right, money okay. changed hand under the table. No, we'll, 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 we'll rephrase it. We'll rephrase oh, that. The first official fee they have paid is a professional football team. Uh, yeah. um, oh, well, um, you can't do it. All right. The first fee they pay, so obviously, like, they've taken a chance on that and paid his release clause. Who else left? There's got to be other players. Conrad, uh, Conrad's been made available for transfer. I don't think he's actually yeah. away. He's left, I think yeah. a year. Yeah, actually a year left, I think. So. Um, is there anybody else I've missed? Help me. Help me. No, a few people returning. End, end of loans is the rest of it, I think. End of loans, I So, like I said, like Josh Campbell, Jordan Tapp and Darren Smith. Vita. Rafa. Uh, yeah. Rafa's away. Dushington. Um, and so on, uh, which obviously their loans we can expect them to go. Um, so, I what's uh, what's uh, the view on who's went out? I've got my own opinions, but I'll let you go first, Ali. <laughs> so I'll start with it. I'll start with the one I disagree with the most, um, and it's obviously Mark Laird. Like you know, we did a we did a podcast a couple of months ago when we talked about we did our all time set elevens and. Obviously, it's biased towards you know current players just based on on ages and things like that. But he was, from what I can remember, he was one of the three that we all had, and it wasn't even as if, like if you said that we've got three players in, it was it was Gare and Boo and, and Laird were were there. Um, I think there's a, a, re- a reasonable argument that Mark Laird is one of the most important players in our, our recent history, purely because that first season we, we came up. 
if, if we hadn't signed him, I, I think we would have gone straight back down. I, I really do. I think he was that influential. Um, I think that's been said previously by you know, the previous manager, again, so, you know, before, the previous regime before McDonough said that as well, that, that Laird's influence when he came in just changed everything for the club. Um, loved watching him play. He's such an intelligent footballer, so good on the ball. Um, you know, wasn't a vocal presence, but was a was a leader in the park by by his example. Um, I just I, I cannot believe that. I mean, the only thing I think is they've got concerns about his injury because he, you know he does pick up niggles and he does pick up does pick up knocks. I think it's a bad decision. I really, really do. The fact that he signed for someone who's going to be a direct rival, Sterling Avenue, who have strengthened. You know, you're just I'm dreading seeing him playing against us. I really, I really am. I mean, and if you want against pit, you can't give him a send off to to just to say thanks to 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 Mark Laird for for that, you know, um, for, for for everything he's done for the club. So I think it's a wrong decision. And if he turns, if he get, if he stays fit and plays well for something, and it's a disastrous decision because you've, you've strengthened the rival. Um, and, you know, we said we released him. It wasn't as if he turned down terms or anything like that. But that's yeah. my understanding is that we we'd released him. So I don't. We've not brought many in so far, but like you know, unless it's Luka Modric or Tony Cruz that's coming in, I'll be I'll be disappointed. Um, then the Blackies maybe a similar one to a lesser, a lesser extent because I was more concerned about his fitness levels. Um, you know, obviously he had that really bad injury. I didn't think he looked at it in the playoff games. I thought he looked miles off it. I thought he looked too heavy, to be honest with you. And I, I like Blackie a lot as a player, but he his game is about being energetic, nicking in, getting things quickly, turning the play around. And I thought he was really struggling. I thought he was really struggling to do that. But if Blackie's fit, then, then you know, We'll, we'll miss him hugely because he's, a, he's such an influential midfielder in the league. Um, I don't see why Antel's been released. I would have been fine with him. Maybe we've got someone else as a number one in our minds and didn't think Antel would want to sit and be number two. But I thought Antel had done fine. Um, obviously, the two Liams, you've got to congratulate them on getting their, their moves to, you know, to well, to, to the championship for, for Henderson um, and to full-time football for, for Brown. Both deserve it. You know, they've both been both been really good. Um, I think they're both a great move for Henderson, an absolutely brilliant, an absolutely brilliant move. And Liam Brown going back to, to Queen's Park really, really started. Um, they're obviously a hugely, hugely ambitious club, but I think he'll, he'll he'll easily manage in League One. There's obviously no doubt about that. I think he could probably play in the Championship. So it'll be interesting to see how how he does. And you'll obviously we'll keep it low, we'll keep an eye on him because he was at City for a good a good number of it. Uh, you put it to 60 games plus or something like that so you need know, a decent oh, yeah. a decent run at, a decent run at City and you know just a, a brilliant little a brilliant little player um, I think we saw the best when Naismith came in I think getting him further forward actually I think made a or given that license to go to, to go further forward not necessarily starting further forward Tomo um, being a you know the club captain is always one that will raise a few eyebrows I think Tomo has essentially been, been good for us um, I don't think he's the type of player um, that Naismith wants. I think when you look at, I just said it about what Naismith was like as a fullback. That's not what Tom was like at all. Tom, you know, poor. He's not getting up and down the flank anyway. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's taking a touch and putting a ball, putting a ball in. It almost feels like other teams have worked out his, his set pieces. Apart from uh, towards the end of the season, where they fell off the edge as a cliff. To be honest with you. Um, the set pieces were well missed because that was a big, a big weapon for us. We scored a lot of goals from that, mostly via Balotelli or Liam Henderson, who are, who are always there. So we're, we're going to have to find a, a different source of goals, pretty sharpish. But 
yeah, I think Tom's done. I can see why he's been. I can see why he's been let go. I think it's a style of play thing more than anything. I think the same is probably the same true with Balotelli. Um, I agree with your Newman. Would it be nice to see a guy come through the youth ranks and and um, can, can continue on? But if, if Naismith doesn't think he's good enough, then he doesn't think he's good enough. Like I think you've got to you've got to give the manager that trust, and we'll only be able to judge these players that have been released or how good those decisions were when we've got a full squad in and we can actually look at the squad and see is the squad better. The squad has to be better this coming season than it was last season. That's the yep. key because we fell short. I, I, as I said, against, against the Dumbarton team that are no great shakes and we fell actually, you know, we couldn't get into league, we couldn't get into we couldn't get into League One with these players, so they actually can't really have anything to particularly moan about if they've been released. And I know there's there was some you know some comments on, on social media and things from some of the players. And I get that they're pissed off. But the club needs to get out of League Two. These players couldn't do it. So I know it feels harsh, but that's what football's that's what football's like. You know, there's no there is no loyalty that way at all. Um but yeah the layered one the layered one hurts. That's especially because he's gonna come back we'll have to see him in a a different team strip. And red's not his colour with that complexion his either. It's uh <laughs> it's really is it doesn't do him any favours. I know I have a similar complexion myself. It doesn't do him any favours, but, uh, but no, I don't think that's purple away to it will be either, to be honest. No, um, no, no. Sure, yeah. Rene, anything to add there? No, I, I think we'll miss, like Alan's saying, you'll miss you'll see them, you'll miss, you won't miss some of them. Um, it'd be nice to bring Rafa back, even just for the banter. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Got him using his Twitter account, that'd be great. Um but uh, I, you, you won't miss it. But I kind of pragmatically agree with Ali. Fundamentally, we're trying to get out of the league too. We haven't, you know, it's, it, yeah. I mean, the same, they've been happy to keep on telling. He's improved year on year on year on year. Um, you know, Blackie and Laird as well. Whether you give, just give Blackie another year to prove his fitness and get a pre-season in, well, it's going to be very short by the looks of it, but get some minutes in and get up to speed. And Laird, I think it'd just be worth his weight in gold with an experience, but I don't know. I agree with you with Thompson. Thompson's, Thompson's there for the big diagonal. And he's, you know, he said pieces. I mean, you've seen the guys in the second half. Didn't get me wrong, he's done us really, really well. Um but you've seen the guys, the Dumbarton boy, he's playing a level up. Boys are just running past him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And really running. Yeah. And it's like, you, know, you, you almost need a Callum or a Rab on that side as well, you know, that, that can do all that sort of duty. So, yeah, it's disappointing. I just, I like what Ali said. Fair play to the two Liams on getting their moves. Um, you know, I'd be also a good step and full time in for, for Liam Brown way back to way back to Queen's Park. Fair play to him. Um, yeah, but to the same token, the guys come in. There's nobody off than a manager. We get to see them in that many games in that short period of time as well. Mm-hmm. On that positive, not necessarily training. He's getting to see them in live games, and he didn't use a lot of them. You know what I mean? He used a select few, maybe fourteen. Do you know what I mean? He, he, there's a lot of other guys, and I agree with Sam, it would have been good to see Sam come through and play again. We, Bob and I have watched a lot of the other 20s, and you've seen a couple of youngsters not even being kept on before Gary was there and whatever. It would be good to see these guys. But there's guys that have sat on that bench and just sat on the bench. 
you know, and if the guys, not disrespectful to any of them, sorry, but if the managers come in and went, you're not for me, it's, it's you know, we'll have to let them go, sort of thing. So. I think yeah. I, I think it's we're right in one aspect because I think as soon as we said when we found out these players were getting released is that it's sad for some of them to go it would be nice to get into League One but essentially they never got us into League One <laughs> so he maybe needs yeah. a wee bit to freshen it up I think the decisions on Black and Laird are absolutely wrong and I'm and I'm and it's not because I'm biased with Andy or anything like that I think both of them together in that midfield are two wonderful players yeah and the fact that Black is signed for the team that are favourites to go up on a two-year deal, indicates that they think he's good enough to play for them and in League One. So on that, from that, and it also depends on his fitness and how that goes. I know you were saying he was maybe off the pace of the playoff, but then again, he's played for that small group of squad that we had. Black played in the majority yeah. of games after barely playing and kicking a ball for two years. Yeah, I'm not going to get too down on him for how he looked in the fitness-wise for playing all the games after a cushion. Yeah. Um, and then having that big long layoff because of COVID as well where he was meant to be due back before the end of that season. So I'm really disappointed with Andy Black. He's a dynamic midfielder. I mean, I think when he when still in Albion Freedom and he came to us, they were absolutely gobsmacked to get released for there as well. So that's two teams in a row. We're pretty much asking what's going on here. Um, obviously, it's a bit disappointing for supporters club view because he was our first player of the year. Mark Laird was a second. <laughs> yeah. right. Anybody else? If, we'll see if Danny Handley wants it, he might end up out the door, so maybe he doesn't want it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Laird and Black are arguably going to be the biggest misses. They really are. Um, Mark Laird in particular, I think you're right in saying how influential he was in that season we came up um, between him and Antel as well, the only oh, yeah, last surviving players of our first season. Mm. I think. You've seen um, Callum progress. To go in. Aye. What have what have we done? To why have we not signed Levy Ashen and let him go to Count B and let David McGurn go to Count B? To, wow. To give him his due because nearly the last couple of years, I mean, the, the, I mean, the first time we were trying to up the playoffs and Peter Heed and that and we were playing at Middle, we were playing at <coughs> Ainsley Park, um, and like he kept us, the many times he kept us in games was frightening. And fair play to him, you know, he's massively progressed. That's probably why that's a shock for me because it's not as if he's, if it'd been the same goal we'd been signed four or five years ago, he wouldn't be there. Aye. But he's not. He's a far, far, far better goalkeeper than what we had before, eh? So even just looking at the playoff games between Elgin and the Bartlin, he said yeah. for Hayden. The Dumbarton game especially. Yeah. Now, we can maybe complain about what happened at the second goal, but that essentially was a breakdown at, in front of him, not necessarily how he saved it. But he saved us for a hiding in the first leg. He really did. So, aye. I mean, I, I'm disappointed Callum was left. I'm hoping the fact that who's released and with the positions that he's released them in, we're going to have, he's got players lined up to come in because... That's a lot of influential players going in a lot of really influential positions. You know, we've essentially, like, obviously Liam's in force, but we're saying that Conrad, he's to leave. So essentially, we're looking, we're looking for two centre-halves. We're looking for two midfielders, uh, defensive, well, essentially defensive midfielders. Um, You've lost the spine of your team. Aye, and we've lost the right back. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's difficult. Um uh, So, aye. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of maybe come on to that when we do our, our kind of pre-season preview in a couple of weeks seeing that the pre-season starts in quite literally a couple of weeks <laughs> I think it's two Fridays time it starts yeah. we're first away, our first away uh, friendly um, 
what an absolute nightmare. Anyway, starts at the Euros are on and everything. We've got to go back to pre season training. What? That's Namsy, Namsy stuff. Wait till anyway, anyway, right. So, very briefly, because we're seeing some players. Firstly, Callum Tappan, who I think we're all pretty happy with. Um, very much. Uh, slightly sad that we couldn't get his brother, but that's another story. Um, as well, I should say. Callum Tappan, um, for me, and I was there at the game as well, was probably one of the best away players I've seen at Ainsley Park against us this season. He was absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. that game. He just brilliant. He just pulled all the strings. We gave him a huge amount of room, which wasn't the best idea, but even then he showed a lot of class. He looks apart. Um, he seems excited to get going. Maybe fills the layered spot slightly. Maybe slightly higher at the pitch, I guess, but possibly fills that layered spot. Somebody that can put their foot in the ball anyway and dictate the play. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy with tapping. Everybody else on social media seemed happy with tapping. Uh, are yeah. you boys happy with Calm tapping? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, uh, this tennis game, I thought he was tremendous. Um, type of player I like. You know, get, makes good angles for the ball and things like that, and but he's uh, moves it forward quickly as well. So he's not just you know he's. Yeah. We have had a central midfielder who he used to just take the ball and, and and spin around a bit and then lay it off to to one of his fullbacks. So he um, <laughs> was mentioned, but so Carl Darling's not that, which is which is good. He gets this and he will look to go forward. Um, bit surprised we got him. I think he had it must have had an option to leave Stenhouse Muir. I think it surprised a few of their fans. They had um, they're obviously making big. They signed two of the two of the guys from Dumbarton, Ford and um, and Wenderburn have, have gone there. So they've obviously got some cash behind them, and they're never never pushed. So he would have had a decent chance to stay there. So he must believe in what we're and in, in what we're doing. So yeah, delighted to to have tapping on board. I think that's that's the big one for me. Um, and that one that's probably the one that gives you that bit of confidence that if we can go and get a player of that caliber, that you know mm. if we can get a few more of those, then we're going to be in a much stronger position. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've also signed James Sultan from Sunrar. Yeah. Uh, I admittedly don't know a huge amount from about him. A winger. Um, a winger. A winger. Oh my winger. goodness, a winger. winger. <laughs> for this sitting, I haven't watched a winger for like three years, four years. Um, I don't think we've probably watched a sit. We've never even played with wingers when we had Gary. Well, we've got a defeater. Oh, we've heard Rafa's a forward. Rafa's not a winger. Watch me, this boy's not a winger either. He probably fucking <laughs> in the well, it, it, it did say in the press release, can also play through the middle. Um, ah, there you go. But man. no, I, like, as I said, I admittedly don't know a massive amount from him. Um, obviously, Gav from Pure Football uh, said it was a quality League Two signing. Um, and I pretty much trust Gav's opinion on most of the footballers at this level. So if he says it's a good signing, I'll take that as red. Uh, and I've also signed Lewis Kidd. From East Kilbride, who Gary had at Queen of the South, I believe, former Celtic youth, is that right? Who a midfielder and or fullback. Well, Any Jen? Because I've got none. <laughs> Aye, yeah, I think he, I think he's a fullback. He played at Queen of the South, played at Falkirk as well. Aye. But I think that, that'll be a midfield too. Yeah, right. I think he'll be fullback. I think he'll play right back. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just based on something someone said on on uh, Pine Bubble to be fair. So, but no, I think he looks like a decent. Again, Pedigree's pretty pretty good. So, and Nate Smith knows him. So, yeah, you've got to trust the manager for got to trust the manager for that. And then we're helping. Yeah, like I said, not seen a not seen a winger. Everyone that's spoken about him said he's a he's a really good player. Um, it probably, if he is going to play as a winger, it does signal a different type of play than than we've been been used to. We've always been yeah. kind of a 
you know, the forwards kind of come inside, you know, nobody really goes and stretches the game and hugs the touchline. We've never had any real width because other than often when Rab would get forward from left back, he would come inside, which he was brilliant at, you know, he would drift inside because because we've had very few players stretching the stretching the game, certainly out, out wide, even guys like Harris, who was nominally a winger, would, would drift inside, you know, so it'd be great to see. It's kind of, we all like watching if we can get a good winger who oh, runs at teams, puts in the back foot, you know it's like that's what you want to watch as a as a football fan. So yeah, hopefully this boy because they had him as in the press release as James Jinky Hilton. So it must be a winner if his middle name's Jinky. <laughs> Surely. Exactly, hopefully. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for if we've not had any other transfer news, it's now the tenth of June. Thursday the tenth of June. It's half past nine at night. It does look we are recording at this time of night, don't worry. Um, I'm waiting for Bob to be in the pub or our local bowling club. On Monday, if I've not signed anybody, had too many beers after the Scotland game, after they've won three or four nothing, to tweet the club and ask them when we're signing Stephen Dobie. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? After he got released and he said he wanted to move into coaching, I was like, we could get a couple of years of him as a player coach, maybe we can do his badges at City. Um <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, well, no, who that's that's going to be happening. I can't see that happening at all. No. What a pipe dream anyway. Anyway, um, aye, so we're hoping that we're going to have some players coming in. I think on the face of it, we maybe need a goal. Well, we definitely need a goalkeeper because we've only got one now. <laughs> yeah. um, we, need, we need a goalkeeper, a right-back, two centre-halves, maybe a couple of midfielders and another couple of others to pad out the squad. Maybe another forward to back up Blair and Uzi or give competition to Blair and Uzi. Um, aye. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think a lot is the whole, and, and it's 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 like the other team that I follow. We've seen the mass exodus, and we've not seen as big an intake. I think that's half the battle at the moment, and we're worried, weary of pre-season will probably start tomorrow for teams, Aye. and the first friendly is next Friday, and we've only signed three guys, and we've let. It feels like we've let like 33 go and we've only signed three. I know we've, what is it, about well, 11, 12. So I, I, I suppose trying to be a bit more kind of pragmatic about it is that our season finished later than everybody else's by a good couple of weeks, three weeks or something. Because for what I can gather, I don't think Elgin have made massive moves in signing players either. For what I can gather for social media, they might have. Just usually you get to see it in our feed. Eh? Um, whereas you like to see your Kelties and all that kind of stuff. Like, I know they didn't really know what division they were going to in, but they're probably going to be signing some of these boys anyway Yeah. Um, with the money they're kind of throwing about. Because if they, they were wanting to get out of the Lowland League, they would have made sure they were going to get it out the next year. You know. Um, so they kind of probably had their idea on some targets. Stenhouse Muir definitely did. I mean, they've been waiting. I mean, they, they got the guy in for BSC pretty early. Signed a lot of the players pretty early. I think they're almost, they should be effectively, I think, done apart for their, their tie-up with um, that other team in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those that shall not be named. Um, so, aye, aye. Maybe I think that's maybe I think we're, we're probably just champing the bit to get new signings in because we've seen so many go and we've seen other teams who are direct rivals signing players. Yes. So everybody just gets a bit frustrated going, Where's my players? Why are we not getting anybody in? Nice, much useless. Come on. Um, Kenny attitude where I think probably behind the scenes between him and James. They'll know exactly who they want to bring in. They'll probably have already had discussions with the players that they want to bring in. And then we'll be seeing, hopefully, a flurry of signings shortly. Um, 
But anyway, uh, the only other thing I can wonder is who's going to be the captain next year because we've not got one. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, the vice captain's Conrad, and he's not going to be there. I'll, 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 I think it'll be Callum Tapper. Ali? Captain before. Rab. See, I had a sneaky feeling it might be Rab and all. Um, but I didn't care if he's vocal enough. But sometimes it's lead by example rather than yeah. like a Tomo, let's get in and boot them. Kind of like that yeah. boyfriend Mike Bassett when you see button the, the door and all that. <laughs> I can't imagine Tapper or Rab doing that. I could imagine Danny no. Hamlin doing that. Maybe, um, maybe it's the type of responsibility that Hamlin's needed to. Maybe. Get a bit more consistent. I, I suppose, I suppose of the people that are left, you'd probably instantly look at uh, be handling a rab, really. Mm-hmm. Aye. Well, we'll find out. I suppose we'll find out. That's maybe for the for the preseason. We'll be nowhere near just, it. We'll just be put Bowley or something like that. <laughs> I know. Aye, aye. It'll be a that he's already like had in the bag for two weeks. He's not telling anybody. Um, but at least. At least we're kind of over the, the conversation. I just think it's quite an interesting one to have, considering we've had Tomo for so long and the vice captain yeah, yeah. has been Balatoni. And then generally after Balatoni, it's been like Laird's had that a couple of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think had that, Liam Hendo's had that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's essentially the players are only going to be there. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, right. On to the main part of the show. Really what everybody's probably listening for. The player of the year for the Citizen Supporters Club. Uh, for those that don't know how we vote this, it is generally... say for those that don't know, it's not Danny Hanlon. For those that don't know, it is not Danny Hanlon. Uh, sorry, pal. You just you, you know you're going to get it tight <laughs> after all them tweets. We love you really. You know we do. Um, <laughs> or as Ja described me on on Sunday, the legend that is Ja, Bob Fallon, the the president. Vice President, Chief Executive, Secretary and Treasurer of the Danny Handley Fan, uh, fan Club. So, uh, well, that's true. I know. I mean, and that is, that is true. And I'm that's the only true. one, although I'm the only one sitting here who ever votes for Danny for Man of the Match, to be fair. I just, yeah, if you look through it, if you release the, if the WhatsApp communications were released, you would see a number of, well, actually, I vote for every time, but Danny. I can see it here that you've actually never yeah. voted for them in the <laughs> next month. That's what it is. Like, so behave yourself. Anyway, that. anyway, excuse me. Right, let's, anyway, let's make sure that chat never gets released into public. <laughs> right. No, I right, definitely not. Um, anyway, as I was saying, as I was saying, how the player of the year gets voted on for is what we do is we have members of the supporters club sending in their votes as a husband for the last year or so. Um, obviously, we ask for people to send them in. Thanks to everybody who has when we've asked who your votes are for uh, play like for the player of the match and the people. The person with the most man the match awards wins. Pretty simple. Yeah. Um, slightly, we appreciate isn't it a perfect system. We're going to try and change it for next season. So instead, it'll be like a, a point system, where it'll be like three, two, one, where man the match gets three, second place two, last place one. So for for guys that like are steady performers, might miss out on a man in the match because somebody had a great game. So for example, not to pick them out, but it's an easy one to go for. The easy so, one. Well, I was going to say, like, an easy example is Blair gets a hat trick. Aye, and doesn't so, get man of the match. And, <laughs> no, he did. There was one time that there was one time that when we first started doing this, when Ash was heading the supporters club, is that Blair got a hat trick, but Danny Handlin was magnificent. And I gave it to Blair because he got the hat trick, because it'd look a bit shady, yeah. no get a player with a hat trick, the man of the match. But the, the, you never got, and 
Well, he never got play of the year that year anyway. He never got he never got play of the year when he got his heart and boot. Not for much, he never know. That well, was not for much. You know what I mean though, because he, he it's like he scored oh, it's like oh he scored again, but somebody else has been brilliant. But Aye. if we had done the new system, he probably would have because he would have at least been second every week. There's a heavy bias for central midfielders in our um, <laughs> thing. So there's, a, there's a statistical bias towards him, so we might need to, to rebalance the votes somehow. There needs to be a waiting for other positions or something. Because I, whoever's playing central mid gets it. The second Danny Jardin moved into the, into the centre midfield, he was never done getting by the watch of I've just checked, I've just checked Scott Bet and Callum Tappan's favourite for next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is an absolute riot. I wasn't meant to be like this, listeners, but we're having a good time. Anyway. Right, as, so as we were saying, the system may, will probably be changing for next year. The example I was going to say is like somebody like Blair maybe getting a hat out, but then you've got somebody like Liam Henderson who gives you like a seven or eight every week, but because somebody else so happens to have a great game that week, yeah. he doesn't get mine in the match. It was the same last year. Um, same the year before. And same the year before and so on and so forth. I mean, maybe slightly, there's guys who maybe over a course of a season, if you use a point system, you maybe get a fairer result, but no system is perfect. We appreciate that. Um, if your favourite hasn't won, we're sorry. If your favourite does win, brilliant. Unfortunately, Danny, it's no you again. But there you are. Anyway, he's going to hear us after this. <laughs> right, so what we're going to do is we're going to announce a 3 2 1 uh, in third place. Mr. Rooney, who is third place for this year? Uh, in third place, I have to remember that. Eh? Oh, dear. Third place uh, was one of our loanies. It was Josh Campbell. Very well deserved. Very good. Very impressed with him, to be brutally honest. I'd quite like to get him back. Whether that happens, a different story. Probably wants full-time football. Um, but yeah, I was very, very impressed with him. Especially more when he, he, like, he played in the middle rather than you know playing wide and drifting in. You see, we've we probably got the best out of him when he played through the middle That's of the another back, you know? So you go, there's that fucking again. <laughs> Look, it's all lining up for the boy Hilton to have a storming season next year, right? Come on, he, um, he did. He played, when he played in the middle of the striker, you got more out of him. You know, he, you know, he, he got the ball more. I suppose you could say that for anybody. You could say that with handling plays in the middle of the park or whatever, you know. They got on the ball more and get the ball. Yeah, I was really, really impressed. Really, really impressed with him. Um Glad he's no playing at Hibs. So, uh, aye, you know, fair play to him. Good luck to him. I hope he gets a full time move. If not, I hope he comes back. Yep, Ali. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see where his where his next move is. You, you know, I, I don't think he's going. To, he's not going to play for Hibs. I think. I think that's that's pretty clear. You know, and, and that's no slight on him. You've got to be a ridiculous standard to get to get to that. I don't think you'll get. A, I don't think you'll get a full time move. If I'm, if I'm honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back at back at us. It's interesting. And he's just got that. Teams will always take a chance on him though, because he's got that ability to pull a goal out of nothing. You know that um, to, to get through against Elgin. You know he hadn't played well. I'd have taken him off. I thought he was crap all game, but he just pulls a strike out from from nowhere, and he's got that ability. And he's one of the best strikers of the ball and off both feet that I've seen in the lower leagues. That, that I'm aware of just remarkable technique that he has of, of both sides. So I I think if we've got into League One, I think we would have definitely, definitely got back. I think he'll be looking for 
as Rooney says, a full-time team, maybe a League One team. But I think he, I think that was probably his most successful loan spell actually was with us. You know, I think that's probably where he's had his best played his best football. So yep. hopefully he sees that. I suppose maybe he looks at the well, there you go. There's actually a two example for the two Liams who've been able to play at League Two level. One's got to move to the Championship. One's got to move to a full-time team. So just because you're down in League Two doesn't mean that you can't then progress up with it. So hopefully that's in his thing. And that's the kind of thing the club would maybe sell to sell to players to say, look, you know, if you come back, you can still be a springboard to, to something a bit bigger. So we'd love to have Josh back. Um, he's got lots to work on. Let's not, yeah, yeah. you know, let's oh, not yeah, kid ourselves. Right. But he's a young boy. He's a young boy with loads of talent who you want to be taking risks and trying to do difficult things. You don't want him playing playing safe. So um, yeah, we'd like to have Josh back. I think I thought he was. I thought he was excellent. Really, really good. Yep. In terms of loanies, um, I think over the over the piece over the the five seasons we've been in the league, probably him and him and Porto have been our two best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Josh was was really really good. He's quite a dynamic player. Um, his technique, as you saw with that goal, for example, against Elgin, as an example, was brilliant. Um, the only thing I can really be critical of him is he doesn't track back often enough, um, as we saw with the second goal in the, the final. Um, but uh, apart from that, that's maybe been a bit too hypercritical. He had a really good season. Um, yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's made, he, was, he, he kind of played well in League Two. Sometimes he can be, in, he can be a bit timid, but he was still willing to kind of get stuck in as well as show the good side and he had that nice wee bit of kind of minor shithousery that really wings up players awful yeah, you know that kind of put the ball down for a free kick and then tap it away type thing that really annoys players he had that in him as well which I quite liked um, which he kind of needed at that level I think um, because you have all these experienced pros in like League 1 and 2 can you your Andy Monroe's and your Mango Bars and all that as I've said before who've all got that in them um, and if you didn't re- like retaliate they just take the piss out of the whole game so Campbell really has that and does it back to them so you didn't really get the piss up did you know what I mean yeah. uh, right and second place Mr Mancreef is uh, ex-guest of the, the podcast it is, it's Rad Mac in, in number two and I think testament to him coming in you know obviously had injuries I started against first game was brought on against Queen's Park at Hamden having not played for he's up against going against the Jack Tongo and, a, and you know and and just came in and must have been absolutely he was nowhere near match fit because his natural fitness is so good and obviously you know he's he looks after him he looks after him he's just such a good player such a good player like he really really is um, brilliant to have him on on board for the next year It'd be interested to see if we had Naismith sees him playing he played him in a couple of different positions I wonder if he'll maybe play him further forward I, I, I just think that that might be Let's him play on the left hand side. He's, he's got that physical presence to pay for the form. We've, we've talked about this before with him, but it doesn't really matter where he plays. Um, I don't think I don't think he's aggressive enough to be a centre half, or or if he is, he needs to be. If he's playing centre half, he needs to be alongside someone who's really aggressive. And as Rooney was saying, and Rooney we don't have that. So I think it is on the, the left hand side, um, but just just as good a footballer as you'll see at this level, just in terms of the full the full package. You know, score that goal against the Barn, which we all thought for a. You know, we're at ten or fifteen minutes, whatever long it was, thinking that's going to be, and that's going to be the goal that sends us on a on our on our way. But um, and it's his consistency as well. He's he's probably like he's almost an eight out of ten every week. Like he really is. I know he's going to think oh consistency, like you know, like seven out of ten every week. But he's eight and eights and nines is just just a wonderful, wonderful player. 
delighted he's on, on board for, for next year as well. And he's one of the players that, you know, if we do get to, you've got to look at and say, are we good enough to be in League One or to get to League One? And you look at the players, he's one you've got no doubt about. Easily, easily, easily to play League One. No doubts. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't really add much to that. I think we're lucky to have him. Like, like many others, we've still got um, very, very good, very consistent. I agree with Ali, though. You probably get, as much as he's excellent at left back, you probably get more out of him going forward. And you probably get, if we keep, we're going to keep Callum Payne, you probably get more out of Callum Payne playing behind him. Um, you know, Callum's got the insurance to go past him because he knows that Rab will be there. And you've always got that outfall, which is kind of what we maybe lacked a wee bit at times. Um, just having that release of the easy dumbbell, exactly. it's just nice to hit that. Outball with somebody as well, so yeah, fantastic. You can't really praise the guy anymore. Well, no secret of my admiration for sexy dog Mark. <laughs> I think he's an absolute Rolls Royce of football player. Um, well, it's Danny will be in tomorrow. Oh, aye, Danny will get jealous. Um, <laughs> well, I think honestly, I do. I think I think Rab Mark is, a, is an absolute Rolls Royce of football player, especially for our level. Um, I think, I mean, speaking to some people, well, a lot of people are surprised nobody's taking a chance on them, but he seems from when we spoke to him in his interview, he just seems quite happy where he is. Yeah. Um, and I know for, for a lot of players, you hear stories on the grapevine that when it comes to part-time football between League 1 and League 2, most of them didn't really see much of a difference. It's only really when you get into the Championship you start seeing a bit of a difference. Eh? So, Rab's maybe in that boat. He seems very happy where he is. We're obviously delighted to have him. He's obviously signed that extension, so we're going for two years. Um... Aye, just a just a brilliant brilliant footballer. Um, I think agrees. Maybe he, he, he can't play centre half, but he needs somebody next to him as well. Um, but I think he's pretty much played every position apart from goalkeeper at some point. Just such as his versatility, because he's just so he's just so good and calm in the ball. A bit like we were saying about Matt Laird, you know, he just ne, never really ever anything gets wasted. He plays at such a high level, at such a consistent level all the time. Is that even just coming second? It's probably for the way the voting system goes, maybe quite surprising because he's just always consistent, but he never ever seemed to get votes. And I think that kind of hampered them a couple of years ago. Um, but yep, yeah, yep, yeah, delighted that, it's, that uh, Rab's got some recognition and he's a lovely lad as well. Can't really say fair on that. Um, <laughs> right, so that lets us to announce our player of the year. Is that going to be the worst kept secret ever? <laughs> It's probably the worst kept secret ever because we don't actually say that, but everybody's just assumed. Uh, so, <laughs> the Citizen Supporters Club Player of the Year for season 2020 2021, 2021, too many 20s. <laughs> I know. Is perhaps unsurprisingly to many, it is indeed Liam Brown. Um, I don't think many people, apart from certain quarters, would complain. But obviously, he's only taking the piss. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's really going to complain with Liam getting the, the, the player of the year this year. He's been absolutely magnificent for the entire season, um, from that first game at Brecon all the way through to the end of the season. Um, he, he's come on leaps and bounds this season, playing slightly further forward. Yeah. Uh, box to box, he's dynamic, he's good on the ball, rarely wastes a pass. Positionally is aware. Um, I think it speaks volumes the fact that Queen's Park were willing to pay a fee to get him. Um, they're obviously they're quite confident he's going to. He, he can do a job in League One. I think he can. He can probably do a job higher up. 
Yep. Uh, phenomenal player. Really enjoyed watching him the last couple of seasons. Sorry, disappointed he's, <laughs> he's left, but you're not going to stop anybody going to full-time football, I guess. Uh, yep. Uh, yep, no complaints. I don't think there'll be too many complaints, really. Uh, Ali? Yeah, I think we're... Well, first of all, he fits the criteria for our player of the year in that he's a centre midfielder who doesn't play for us anymore. So that's the, uh, that's the last three of them that are uh, really there. Um, but we'll start this whole everybody are listening and watch some voting next to me spreading the votes about just the, you know. Yeah, well, that's why we're reverting to some proportional representation to make sure it's a bit uh, a bit fairer next year. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I think he was. It was interesting when, when Brown first came in. I think folk almost had him similar to, to Andy Black because he did seem to play a bit further further back under McDonald and stuff. But you know that license just to to be almost an old fashioned central midfielder in that if the if it, the game dictated that he had to drop back, he dropped back. If the, the game dictated that he pushed further forward, that's what he would do, and he would run past players as well. You know, he would get right. Must have been a nightmare to play against because it's not one of these midfielders who just hold on to the ball and move it about. He would run past guys, he would run into pull people out of position. So he he made us play better because teams had to find a way to, to deal with them. Yeah. Unfortunately, Dumbarton dealt with him in the playoff final, which is which was unfortunate. But you know, that was probably the only time that it did happen. You know, he started his career at Queen's Park. I think listen to some of their fans were saying that everybody thought there that he left too early to go to Motherwell, which had another season at Queen's Park. Um, but the fact that they've paid a fee does speak volumes because they could go out and get any number of free transfers with the wages that they're paying paying just now. But, they, you know, they've gone out and, and paid, paid for Liam. He's the absolute standout for for the Player of the Year award. I don't think there's anyone, I don't think there's anyone even, even close, close to him. And he just, he, he just kicked on as a player. Always, he was always good, but he just kicked on as a player. So, so much, especially when Naismith came in, you know, and he, he kind of got us into the position we were in. It's just like you said, a few of them, there's a few guys just sad that they couldn't get us over the line into, into League One, and, and he's one of them. But he's the player that you do expect to see higher up. You know, you think actually, you look at the progress of guys like, I suppose Kevin Nisbet's maybe the extreme example at the moment. I'm not saying for a minute Brown will do that, but. You know, you can have a setback in your career, you can drop back a couple of levels, but a couple of good moves and a bit of luck. You know, he's got the talent to get into a really, you know, to get into the championship, maybe the higher end of the championship and have a really good career. So he's a player I think that we'll all watch with, with a keen eye on and that City had a good part in his development. But, you know, we don't know what the fee is, but, you know, any sort of fee at this level is, uh, is not to be sniffed at. Hi, he's... Um... Certainly, a guy like Ali said, like a few others that you would have liked to have said, thanks for what you've done. Go to Lerdy, Blackie, you know, Callum, and whatever, and Tommy, you'd like to say thanks to these guys for what they've done. He, if, you know, he's, he, he would, if we could, we would buy him a Jägermeister as a traditional well done on getting player of the year. He maybe don't even know if he drinks, but hey ho, if he does name me a bob, we'd have it. Um, but or, no, Ali, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. No, you're you're, you're meant to be a responsible adult now. Being a responsible adult, yeah. Who can believe that? Nobody ever believes that. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, so I, no, definitely, if I ever got the chance, would buy my Jagermeister and say, "Well done." 
he's great, fantastic. He come in, he done really well. Like Ali said, everybody thought it was going to be like a similar to Blackie, just because Blackie had got injured. He's a different player. He's not as aggressive as Blackie, but he, when he has to be, is you know what I mean. I think he's got more about him. He glides a bit more about the pitch. Really, really, really good central midfielder. Um, yeah, another guy I thought we'd done well to get him. And we've got him and we've kept him, and he's obviously just moved because it's full time football. So good luck to the lad. Hope he does yeah. really, really well in his career. He comes across a, a really, really humble guy as well. So yeah, fair play to the guy. I can't say fair on that. Um, I think if I was going to compare him to citizens of the past, it reminded me a wee bit Ian McFarland. Just the way he used to get up and down the pitch. You know, wasn't he feared going about, could go by players, kept the ball pretty well. I did a bit. It's like as Ali said, he's an old fashioned midfielder, done pretty much everything in a midfielder. He wasn't holding, he wasn't like an attacking midfielder. He was one that did both. And he looked quite comfortable at times when he kind of got moved out a little bit onto the wing sometimes as well. he was one of the rare players I think we've found since, since we start. Well, since I started supporting City, that seemed to unite all the generations of ages of players. Yeah. You know, our young team were taken by um the older generation, like like say, Mister Lumsden was taken by him. We were all taken by him. So, um, Liam Henderson's dad was taken by him as he was tweeting us today <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know what I mean. He was he was one of the rare players that managed to do that. Like Mark Laird did it. You know, Blackie and extent these type of guys. I think anybody who supports City knows that there's good players that divide opinion. Um, but he was certainly one of those rare players, along with obviously Rab as well, I guess now that everybody's quite united and saying oh, that's good players done really well. I think he's definitely deserving of the award. Um, obviously, I spoke to Jan Sunday. He believes he's deserving of the award as well. Um, so yes. Uh, so that's the announcement made, Citizens, this year's play of the year is uh, Liam Brown. Uh, so well done to Liam. Hope he does well in his future career, uh, obviously apart from when he plays us, when he maybe decides he's got a wee tight hammy and decides he's not playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, I hope it's, it's as you say, we'll all keep a, a, a keen eye on on how he does because he's probably got the ability. Same for Liam Henderson now, who's departed. Um, as you said earlier, he's got a cracking move to a broth. There again, that's what you were saying about like, Josh as well. If you go back a little bit, you can go forward. Liam's got full-time football by doing that. Liam's playing for probably the best part-time team in Scotland, uh, yeah. one of the best managers in the lower divisions. So it can be done. Um, so, aye, aye. so that's for Player of the Year announcement. End of season review, so to speak. We'll have a pre-season preview shortly. See the boys are back training, I think, on Tuesday. <laughs> um so aye aye, so there we go. Anything to add before we go? Any moans, any rants, anything you want to get off your chest before we go? No, I'll save it for seeing what the squad looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll save it for them. I'll save it for them. No, I think you know, you know, as long as we can, you know just want to get in next season and see a see a game. Like I'm looking forward to the Euros coming up, obviously, you know, that's something a bit different and Things, but I just want to get back into to see some games of football because it's been it's been really really tough and it's been it's been a hell of a long time like since since I've been in a in a football ground. So yeah, but as long as we can get back in next season, but yeah, yeah, yep. I could I could I could moan about a lot of things to be honest. If, we're, if, we're, if I don't know if we're if we're saving that or we're just I don't know. That's what you want to moan about, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I've probably had too many beers now, but uh, whether we say this is off topic or we'll save it for the next one. But right, we'll save it for the next one, then, shall we? Well, I maybe I don't know. Right, if you, well, if you're swithering it, we should be saving it for the next one. We'll save it for the next one. Right. Uh, I, would, I would like things that are non-player related to be moving a bit quicker and maybe a bit better communication on certain things. Uh, I, yes. Uh, ticketing, maybe grounds not playing where we are, where we are playing, stuff like that. Obviously, the club's been very, very quiet, which is unlike the club. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I didn't mention, but we're going to mention the ladies. The ladies have started. Oh, yes, I. If you want to, on you go. I've managed. <laughs> the ladies have started, so if you ever get the chance to go and watch the ladies, please do. Uh, you can heckle my pal, Laura Conley, who's the assistant stroke goalkeeping coach. Stroke. She played in goals at the weekend after telling me she had to play. So uh, if anybody wants to heckle Laura, please feel free. Um, so I, no, yeah, fair play to them if we can get along and, and give them some exposure to, um, you know, from the Supporters Club account. Save that. Um, we'll certainly do that, you know, so if anybody's interested in watching them, look out for the results. Yep, I uh, I believe all the women's games are, are going to be on YouTube on Sunday afternoons, I think. Uh, the first one, was on Sunday with a rather mm-hmm. rumping win. Eight one win against yeah. Clyde. Uh, I watched most of it. Played pretty well. Once uh, once uh, everybody started getting the rust off, I think it was only only the preseason. Um, Half the team out because of COVID or something as well. Or? Aye, we, we, the, I believe we were missing missing nine players due to work commitments and, and COVID. So and they only had one substitute that was unused. So oh. that's a remarkable result on the face of it. Um, yeah. Uh, all the goals are on YouTube on the uh, Ember City TV. Um, the fourth goal in particular is one to look at. That was a lovely, lovely move. <laughs> we'll get around that. Uh, yep, fairly enjoyed uh, watching the game, actually. Um, hopefully, I'll partake in more as uh, yeah. the pre-season and season go on. Um, they're playing at Albion Park in Broxburn. For any citizens that may be that way or are inclined to go, um, hopefully they'll be at Meadowbank with everybody yeah. else. Shortly, so we can all go and watch them too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, that's the end of that. Congratulations again to Liam Brown for winning their play of the year, fully deserved. Um, and that's about it for this pod. So, from that, it's a goodbye from Mr. Rooney. Goodbye, stay safe. Thanks for listening. We'll be back for next season a week's time. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a good night from Mr. Bigrief. Hi, good night, everyone, and enjoy the Euros. Starting very, it's just starting tomorrow. This time tomorrow. Indeed, I bought my Scotland mm-hmm. flag all in preparation. That's good. Um, so on that, yes, that's us all done for this season, citizens. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, we've kind of exceeded all of our listener expectations, to be brutally honest. Um, yeah, it's more than just your dads we've got for your aye, it's more than it's more than just uh, dads and and pals and all that kind of stuff. We've actually got people who are listening. I believe people at the club are listening. I believe some of the players have been listening. So thank you very much, everybody connected with the club. You're doing so. Uh, thank you, everybody's listened. Thank you to our international listeners as we get the stats. Um, we've had people in America, people in Australia, people in South Korea, um, Sweden, and all the other places other than just Edinburgh listening so thank you everybody who has listened we will be back in about two or three weeks time with a pre-season preview friends are up on the website 
uh, fixtures, I believe, get announced tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, exciting times. Hopefully, uh, we'll be back uh, blithering again. <laughs> we'll maybe try and keep it a bit briefer, but it's kind of hard when we only do it once a month. Maybe we need to increase our... Uh, I'm going to say increase it. But even when we did one with two weeks in between, we still ended up blithering for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> So that, that's kind of spoiled my usual disappear, like uh, ta-ta for everybody. So should we try again? No. Um, <laughs> so on that note, yep, thanks for listening. Uh, congratulations to Liam. And that's a goodbye from me. Right, Rev. Uh, goodbye. Cheers, guys.